Welcome to Haunters Podcast, a show dedicated to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and all things macabre. Now here are your hosts, Mr. Wonderful and Zach Hilton. Welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast. This is Haunters Podcast. I am Mr. Wonderful and with me as always, the talented Zach Hilton. Oh man, can you tell how alive Wonderful is right now? I am. <laughs> Usually you're at a like a 10 bringing in the show, but I can tell you're at a, a freaking draining six. Okay, let's, let's retry that again. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast. This is Haunters Podcast. I am Mr. Wonderful. And with me as always, the man, the myth, the legend from the top ropes. Coming down, dropping an elbow on you like he's macho man, Randy Savage, Zach Hilton. Now I just think you're too high. (laughs) Oh, you son of a... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hi, welcome to Q97 Hunters. <laughs> yes. it's, it's a boombastic show. What's it out <laughs> like there, Larry? We do. Outside right now, it is uh, it is raining cats and dogs. It's that bad out there, so you want to stay in. Don't go outside when it's a typhoon. That's right. Just get some soup, have a grilled cheese, listen to Q97 Hunters, and here's your next hit from... Billy Idol. Billy Eilish. Billy Idol. Billy Eilish. Who gives a rats? It's all sounds the same. Billie Am Eilish. I right? Billy Eilish, Billy Idol. Who gives a crap? Yeah, who gives a crap. Uh, we are not whatever the hell we just riffed. Uh, we are a podcast all about Halloween horror nights and the scares and the fun. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Haunters Pod. You can follow us on Facebook uh, by giving us a search Haunters Podcast. You can interact with us on either one of those two. Big shout out to our one new like on Facebook this week. Hoot, hoot, what up? Yeah, moving moving up, up, moving up, moving up. But there are some posts there for you guys to interact on. And uh, those of you who do, I appreciate you. Uh, Also, this is going to be a jam-packed show. I mean, I don't know, man. There's a lot to get into today. Uh, We're going to have... Jesus, we have how many interviews? We have three interviews lined up for today. <laughs> I just I just looked down at the prep sheet and was like, wait a minute. I wrote down what we were doing and I'm like, interview, interview, inter- what the hell? Yeah, yeah. We have so many interviews today. Not only do we have an interview from the legendary composer Harry Manfredini from the Friday the 13th franchise because I got to meet him at Scares to Care over the weekend, which was a blast. We'll get into that. But I got to talk to him and I asked him some sweet questions and you guys get ready for some cool answers to some of the stuff I bring up because some of it I honestly did not know Uh, Like, for instance, I ask him a question of why part eight is the only soundtrack that he didn't do the score on. You're going to find out in this interview. Um, Yeah. Uh, Then we also have the Freaks of Halloween Horror Nights coming on the show. We're going to learn a little bit more about them, what they're about, why they're growing so largely and making Halloween Horror Nights just the most amazing event they love to plug it and stuff like that so then that'll be a good time and they actually brought our final guest who yes. we will be interviewing yes and this is the reason why the show is coming out so late tonight by the way 
Yes, because we had to wait for this. This is just awesome. We have the composer of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, John Mazzari, is on the show. And we're going to ask him everything. We're going to talk about the old movie. We're going to talk about the scare zone. Hopefully we can get a little information about this year's house. I don't know. Maybe he's worked on it. I don't know. But we're going to find out. Of course we are, because that's what we do. We ask hard-hitting questions here. Yes. Yes. We're, 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 <laughs> that's all you have. <laughs> that's all I have. We are hard hitting. Oh, I was writing something down, and I was expecting you to keep going. So, I, yeah, I was. Cool. Uh, so what? yeah, that's, that's that caught me off guard. That's not <laughs> no. the only things happening. Today. No, 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 no. Uh, the, it's not the only thing that happened. Uh, there was also an announcement today. So I guess it was kind of good that we did delay the episode. Uh, they announced something we speculated a week ago. We've talked about geez back when we first started doing uh this podcast and we saw the movie uh us jordan peele's us is coming to halloween horror nights this is official uh i'm just gonna say i think hollywood got the cooler announcement this past week but that's just me (laughs) uh but either way us is coming and uh what are your thoughts again I mean, I, I've we've already gone through this a bunch of times, and and I'll say this: anticipation for the house. I've already let that be known. That all being said, I think us is a it's a good property. It's definitely worth HHN stamp. I think there's going to be some imagery that is going to be messed up in this house. I am looking forward to the tethers and how they do that. Like. We're going to get twins, right? Like, there's going to be oh, one has to be. tethered, like, killing another version of themselves. Like, I think that would be pretty neat. I look forward. Uh, a lot of people brought up the music uh, I'm looking forward to. And I will say this. Everybody is all about the um, the the one song. I put five on it, yeah. right? The remix, yeah, one yeah. of that. I'm I'm interested and want to hear the opening credit song. That song is creepy AF, and I want <gasps> that. So <gasps> my huh? <gasps> oh yeah, yeah, that exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah that one. That one. Yeah, love yeah. it. Um, but like, I am gonna go through this house, and I'm probably going to be two thumbs up with it. I've told you my anticipation and what do you feel? What are your thoughts on it? Because I got one more thing to bring up. Hashtag not my HHN. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, no, I, I mean, I feel like I kind of shared it last week. I recently watched this movie. I could see how it's a house. Uh, My anticipation for it, not really the highest thing, but I'm not sitting here mad or anything like that. I can see where they're going to pull from, and I expect them to land it. That That's really what it is. But my anticipation very much, like, you you text me and were like, they announced us, and I, I think my response was, that's cool. Just Yeah. So, like, okay, it's it's there. It's going to be there. It's the one that's there this year. Hope Hopefully it ends up, because it's now so low, hopefully it ends up super exceeding any expectations I have. Oh man, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. I feel like I have such a low expectation that I think they're going to knock it out of the park and it could like land at least midway through my favorite houses if not higher. But did you notice I put a poll up on Twitter earlier? I did um, not see this about poll. this. No. Okay. Okay, so I went up there I said excluding Universal Monsters most hyped 
IP for HHN 29 for you, okay? So there's still 19 hours left from recording this for this poll, but we have 57 votes so far. And at the bottom, with 17% of hype, is Stranger Things. And then the... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm blah. No, the bottom 16% is us. Ah. Then 17 per, yeah, 16% is us, 17% is Stranger Things, hmm. 18% is Killer Clowns, and with a whopping 49% Ghostbusters is leading the charge. And I'll be honest with you, I've been having an eye on the poll since I put it up there, and it's changed drastically numerous times, like numerous times. And I and this is what I wanted to bring up to you. I did not realize there was going to be some kind of backlash for this house I like they're, they're, like Facebook hmm. and like some of the groups are going crazy Twitter uh, eh, you know no, why like because you said when you said not my HHN I laughed so loud because I thought you were mocking those people I actually was unaware but I'm not surprised if Ghostbusters yeah. drew backlash and Stranger Things drew backlash and really honestly every IP announcement that isn't like Universal Monsters or something like that based in Universal draws backlash. Uh, I was really just kind of joking around because I expressed a please don't make this the house last week. So it was like, ah, damn, they made the one that I was like, ah, that's the one I really don't want. Like, that was just a joke. But no, I I could see the backlash. It seems to be on all the IPs now. It seems to be one of those things. But the backlash for us makes sense for me more so than a Ghostbusters or anything like that because Ghostbusters was ghost and a scary story. Like, Stranger Things deals with demigorgons and mind flayers and stuff like that and the upside down and throws some scary elements at you. Like, that Spielberg style, I'm going to scare the crap out of your kids like Poltergeist. Us was more a cool Twilight Zone episode extended out. There wasn't a lot of blood in it. There wasn't really... Like, the scares in us are more so the tension than anything else yeah. so it's not like ghostbusters is scary it's scary uh stranger things can be scary especially the season three like they threw some spielberg level like we gonna scare you we gonna traumatize you us just had that one moment of a of and it was the twins it was the twins it was that sequence with the friends where, oh i i think there's more terror in that movie i mean the the tethered version of the sun was very creepy like he came oh he had a burnt face yeah yeah but i mean like he's a pyro you know what i mean that i don't i mean again the movie is fine i have no issue with the movie being a movie i think there's definitely elements for horror that are going to get used for this house i mean it's more horror than happy death day so uh, i feel uh, i feel like you're going there could, huh <laughs> i mean i mean i if we're going to you know compare these things i kind of have to where i do feel us and, I, and you're talking to the guy a week ago was like ah not anticipated for this yeah. i just don't understand the hate that's why i bring it up i feel like every ip this year 
that's been mentioned get some flack. And you said yeah. they're not even Universal Monsters. No, I remember people saying Universal Monsters being like, well, is this IP? Is it original? Is this going to be good? Like, like people are questioning HHN like they haven't done it for 29 years. Like, I don't understand... If you don't like the event, leave the groups. If you don't want to go, don't go. You don't got to rain on somebody. Like, I didn't go after anybody that was like, oh, this is my number one uh, house that I'm looking forward to. Like, I didn't go on their Twitter, then comment and be like, well, you're an idiot. And this house is going to blow chunks. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of over everything being in the negative automatically without even going to an event that hasn't even started. If you got a feeling on it, wait till the event's going and you've actually gone through. Well, that's pretty much everything right now in just our society. It seems to be reaction, 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 reaction on a lot of things. Uh, and, and it's always people going to the negative and personally attacking people it's it's yeah. it's everywhere so i it's it's annoying that it's here in the hhn community as well and that there are people out there that feel the need to be like oh you're excited for the us house. like for me personally if you're excited for the us house that's cool i'm i really hope it hits all of your expectations and then some like it's right. just not something that's in my radar or my realm of being like yes this is it like like, like again, I joked that I California, I think, got the better one. Like, that's the one for me that I know maybe if you want the Us House, you don't want Creep Show. But for me, I really didn't want the Us House. I preferred Creep Show. So, like, if you're excited for it, be excited for it. I hope it's awesome, man. I hope it's the best damn thing ever, and I want it to be for you. I'm still going to go through it, and I'm hoping it's the best damn thing ever because I want it to be just right. my hype level just isn't there and there's yeah. no reason to attack anybody else for having a bigger hype level than me on something that just didn't hit my mark before we before we move on the one thing i will give the plus about the announcement their video was good yeah. i was a big fan of using footage from the movie you use the music from the movie and then you added in like people going through scary house that's like very a couple of years ago announcement house yeah. feel and i was like good job on y'all for uh, putting that on but yeah us us the house is going to be at universal studios orlando and hollywood and yes creep show is just going straight to hollywood which does kind of hurt a little bit but gives me hope that it'll be there for hhn 30 yeah it could be a 30 or it could be a 31 uh depending but it's uh, that that was my takeaway as i went uh I'll just take a sigh of relief and knowing that eventually it'll be in Orlando and it'll be done better. <laughs> yeah. Suck yeah, it, yeah Hollywood. take that Hollywood. Yeah. But th you know what? Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what I did over the weekend. Yeah, what we did, did over the weekend. We went to Scares the Care. Yeah. And it's basically it's a horror con in Williamsburg, Virginia. There's celebrities that you can meet, like the entire cast of Monster Squad was there. Uh, Kane Hodder, who plays Jason in Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven through Ten, was there. I met him. He was really nice, um, and he had some cool stories uh, where he also talked about uh, playing. Uh, Victor Crowley and Hatchet Ooh, which yeah. if you haven't seen that yeah 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 you should watch it those are pretty good but then there were vendors selling stuff I mean there was a I got a sweet Jason shirt that I'm going to wear for a Friday the 13th event that we'll talk about next week yeah. like I'm I'm just like it was a good time it was a great time I got to meet 
uh, one of my favorite composers ever, which is Harry Manfredini. And he, he, he has been the composer from Friday the 13th one all the way to 10 with just one miss technically two, but you'll find that out in the interview in just a minute. Um, but it was a good time if you're in, it's for a good cause. They raise, they raise money for charity and there's some, there's some good things here. You should definitely check out this event next year. This was the sixth annual one. Um, next year is going to be even bigger. So make sure you check it out. Uh, wonderful. What did you think of scares that care? Oh, I, uh, I thought it looked incredible from all the pictures of you and friends that were out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you weren't there. Yeah, yeah no, you no, weren't there. Okay. There. It's all good. It's all good. We <laughs> caught up because that night at my house, if you remember last week, I brought up the Jaws board game, yes. which on record you said you were going to be there to play. Yes. What did you think of the Jaws game? Because I thought the Jaws game was pretty, pretty cool. Played like the movie, a lot of cool things. What were your thoughts on the Jaws board game we played? I mean, it looked like a fun board game you all were playing, and uh, I gotta say, my rendition of the Proclaimers was absolutely incredible, a karaoke with my brother, and uh, I did a little Billy Joel as well, which was pretty good. But uh, yeah, Joel's game looks pretty damn fun. Okay, so, so just to be clear, Haunters <laughs> fans, he came to Virginia Beach to be with us on Haunters, like that's why he was coming down, and the Haunter didn't hang out with the Haunter. No. Just no. be clear. No. Just to no. be clear. It's just, it, it, it happened. It happened. Things okay. happen. It, why you got to call me out like that? Put that, that huh? out there. Why you got to call oh, me out like that? Because you called, because you wanted to do a story last week without <laughs> telling me about it. I wanted to do the same thing to you. Oh, touche, my friend. Touche. Oh, I bet, I bet you're red in the face like a champ right now. <laughs> yeah, good call. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we got that interview, right? That's what we got to do? Yeah, yeah, we should probably we, jump to we, that. So, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. We're going to Harry Manfredini, the legendary composer for the Friday the 13th films. This is my interview with him. Enjoy. Hi, I'm with Harry Manfredini, the composer of most of the Friday the 13th films. Sir, thank you for doing this with me. No problem. Enjoy it. Thanks awesome. Awesome. Um, so my first is that you've done so many of the soundtracks. Do you have a favorite movie that you've done of the Friday the 13th series? Well, um, each one of them has their own little thing. I always, I always make a joke. But whichever one I just finished, that's the one I like the best. <laughs> but um, the, the weird thing about uh, the Friday series uh, was that they spread them out so well that, like, Obviously, the first one would have to be a huge favorite because that, that got the ball rolling. Right. And it was the first one I did. But going along the way, when I went to two and three, four, five, you know, all that, they were spread out enough that for some reason or other, I picked up some new gear, like a new synth or a, a new, new sounds or a new way of doing this. So that each one of them, every time I saw it, I went, oh, man, I could use this. So I got all excited, even though I was still using the same kinds of notes, the same structures, the same, even though the, the what would you call it, like the meat and potatoes of it were always the same, there was all these, this new stuff that I had just, just discovered that sort of made it fun to do, and, and so that they, they jumped up and down. I can tell you that uh, one obviously is my favorite. Uh, if I had to put them in order, 
I really like Jason X. Yes. Part 10. Uh, I like number uh, six. It was the biggest orchestra I had, which was a lot of fun. Uh, three was fun. Three, I didn't have to write very much because they used a lot of one and two. But uh, the hardest one to write was five. And the reason was that it wasn't Jason. Remember, it was right, the right. ambulance driver. Right. And because, because I already knew it was the ambulance driver, it seemed like I worked really hard to try to keep the excitement up or the danger and everything, knowing the fact that everybody's going to go like, oh, no, it's, the, it's not even Jason. It's, you know, the ambulance driver. Right. So I sort of, like, overdid it, overworked, worked harder than I should have right. to try to keep the energy up. So it was, that was a lot of work. Uh, eight was fun because, I mean, at eight, uh, nine was fun because... That was where Jason was popping up like he was the, the each little... Each person. Each person became right. Jason. So that, that had sort of a different, different, completely different bent to it. Right. So like I said, each one had its own thing. Plus, like I said, I had my new new piece of gear that I could do cool stuff with. As a musician, you get to have fun each time. Right, right, yeah. So is there a reason why, because I've seen that you've done one through 10, but part eight, you were missing. So, seven and eight, I was missing. Okay, well, in seven, it also says that you're a part of it, so well, I guess yeah, it's... But, but I didn't write anything. They were using uh, stuff that I had already written. Gotcha. And in eight, I was, I think in seven, I was working on another movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know if it was shot in Canada, but it was, I think it was produced in Canada. Yeah. And so they have a deal with composers there that uh, if you okay. use a Canadian composer, you get a good deal. Right. And so that was, seven and eight were done that way. Right. And most recently, you got to come back through the video game. Right. What is it like composing a video game compared to the movies? Well, way different. Yeah. First of all, I'm used to looking at something and reacting to it and then writing the music. Right. Whereas in the game, you're just you're just making up stuff without looking at anything. Right. The only thing they sent me, they sent me all the kills. I saw all the kills visually. Right. So those I actually scored and they were way easier because there it is. I know exactly how to do it. Right, right. Whereas what they would do is like, uh, and then of course in the game you have different Jasons that played. Oh, and it was a, uh, you know, part three Jason, part four Jason. Right. So what they would do is they would go back into the original scores, and they would send me like, all right, give us four minutes of stuff that sounds kind of like this. But then give us like 10 of those. Oh, wow. Not just one. Give us like 10 that are different, but are like this. That's wild. Yeah, so that was tough. Yeah. And and, then, you know, like it was part six. Okay, here's the music to part six. We want these cues to sound like part six. So, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a a call from uh, California, and I don't know who it is. I'm not answering. Yeah, why not? Uh, so anyway, that, so that made it very difficult because 
when you're a film composer, you're used to looking at something and reacting to it. Right. Here, you're just give me, uh, you know, eight pounds of uh, chasing. Uh, Jason is near to you. Uh oh. <laughs> you know. So. Right. And so, uh, well, one Jason in that game was Sabini Jason. Did you make a new yes, score? Yes, I, I, I know. I made new sound. I made a new set of music for the Savini Jason. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh my God, I love the Savini Jason. I love the and demon then even version. When, and then when we, uh, when when the game turned into single player game where you were Jason all the time, mm -hmm. then I wrote some actually more stuff for that where it was like you were always Jason. Right, right. Um, sir, thank you for taking the moment out to talk to us. Hey, listen, no problem. Thank, thank you, you Mr. Much. Harry Manfredini from Friday the 13th. Thank you. Thank you, man. Hey, this is Josh. And I'm Rob. And we are from the Diz Noids Podcast. Join us each week as we try to keep our random ramblings in check. That's right. Dive into our cauldron with the sweetness of recipes from theme parks to movies to music to comics to any and everything we can talk about. Our jibber-jabber knows no boundaries, but our expertise in these fields will be sure to make your ear holes smile. That's right. Follow us each week with our episodic adventures with a side of sarcasm to lead us through the magical forest of pop culture. You can find us where all podcasts are found, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and even on Facebook. Just search The Disnoids. That's right, my wonderful, wonderful friends. As always, stay metal. Welcome back, everybody, to Haunters Podcast. Mr. Wonderful Zach Hilton, but joined right now with special guests. We are super freaking excited for this, and you guys should be as well. Alan and Harry, the freaks of Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, they have joined the show. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. All right, I believe that hey. was Alan, right? Yeah, this is Alan. Alan, all right. And the first voice I heard was Harry. Hey, this is Harry. What's going on? Hey, there we go. There they are. Uh, these guys you can follow on Twitter at Freaks underscore HHN. Uh, just how are you guys doing today, man? I'm I'm actually really thrilled today because we got another announcement for the Orlando. Uh, or Well, actually, I think it's for both. Uh, us is being shared. I, I can't wait to see what they do uh, with the franchise. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm, uh, I'm pretty, pretty overwhelmed with how well this year is shaping up um before we dive into hhn 29 i'd like to get a little history on you guys as a group because when we joined twitter and we started our podcast you guys were one of the first to really like retweet us or even uh, give us some of the follow fridays and stuff like that you're very interactive with the entire family of halloween horror nights and i think that's what you guys are about so maybe y'all can like give us a little backstory of how you guys met how long y'all been doing this why are you guys basically the nwo of halloween horror nights um well actually uh harry and i met through a close mutual friend um, at Halloween Horror Nights uh, a couple of years back and basically we hit it off like we had known each other our entire life and um, we decided that we wanted to take our love for uh, you know Halloween Horror Nights and, and haunt season overall to you know the level of Twitter and, and Facebook and really just kind of put ourselves out there and become part of the haunt community and uh we just you know we really we it's something that we both truly 
you know, have passion for. And um, we just want to be there to be a part of it, really, um, any way, shape, or form that we can. And Harry, how did you, like, you guys met, you guys became this, like, band that goes to Halloween Horror Nights constantly? Like, what are some of your, like, main goals for this? Not that, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to get rich off of Horror Nights or anything like that. But, like, what what brings you to this big family? Kind of the same thing. I mean, I've been going to Horror Nights for 21 years. And, um, wow. Yeah, horror's been a huge part of my life for since I was probably like four or five years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to give things back to the haunt community, the horror community, that's why we, we share like everybody out there is try to get everyone recognized if we can help in any sort of way. Right. Uh, just right, right. get the horror community growing and bigger and bigger. And um, the main thing trying to get, you know, just be recognized and loved by right. all the people who enjoy haunts and horror nights and Owl scream and well when you say you've gone for 20 plus years i guess the first question that pops in my mind is there's obviously been an evolution of hh and do you drastically see the difference from going 20 years ago to now yeah i mean you could definitely see the difference in like the way things are set the way i don't know i guess like the sets the details the lighting the the sounds, the scares, I mean, just everything is hyped up so much more now than it used to be. Right. 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 Alan, how long, how long have you been going? Um, since 2012. Okay, 2012. Oh, right. I mean, I right mean, around the same time yeah, that I started going. Yeah. I would, yeah. T- I would even say in 2012 to now, there is kind of a big difference as well. I mean, like, I know HHN's had, like, all these IPs before, but I feel like, especially this year, it is, like, grade A type of um, IPs, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I think since once they got, it's it seems like once they got the, the Walking Dead, for mm-hmm. some reason, it w- it like opened a floodgate for them to where they just brought in more and more recognizable IPs after that. I mean, you you know, you always had like the the Jason, Freddy, and Chucky, you know, and and Leatherface and all that. But then they started bringing in the Saws and Cabin in the Woods and, you know, all these different, you know, IPs that I think they, you know, just kind of really after that, 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 I want to say between like 2010, 2012, like area, it just kind of like popped for them after that. And they just started getting, I don't know if it's that they got more money or if it's because Mm. they realized that the IPs really draw in the bigger crowds. I'm not sure, but it just seems like it really kind of opened up the floodgates. Well, back in the day, Harry, I mean, can you think of like the IPs in 20 years ago that would bring major crowds? Oh my God, I can't remember what what IPs were 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, uh, though, if it had to say one from back then, Halloween would probably be the first on my list back then. Uh huh. Because Halloween is so great today. I mean,. Right. right, but do you like? Do you remember, like, for instance, this year we have Ghostbusters. Last year we did have Halloween Four. Was there an IP back then? Like, I know at one point in the West Coast there was an Undertaker house, like, but I don't necessarily think that was 
the pop culture icon as you know what I mean? Like stranger things is like, was there something that just made the crowds like, Oh, I got to go to that house. I would say just like the back then the icons are what drew the crowds. Okay. Fair point. Yeah. Like Jack and you know, yeah, do you miss that. those icons? Do you miss Jack being, I mean, I know we got them for 25, do, do you miss like the caretakers and stuff like that out there? For, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Now, do you guys, uh, I'm going to jump in really quickly here. Cause when you brought them up, I've theorized and Zach, Zach and both myself have theorized that something at 30 is going to involve the icons again. You guys are pretty good at gathering some information and kind of always you guys, if you leak something, it's reliable. Have you heard anything from anybody, even like, a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who hit out at Universal once and was like, they're talking icons at 30. Um, personally, I it's at this point in time, and I know they say that, yeah, they start Halloween Horror Nights the year before, but at this point in time, everybody's so geared and focused on what's happening right now. Gotcha. It's really hard to get anything solid, you know, that would be coming down the pipeline for next year, other than maybe another Stranger Things house, oh. you know? Okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it would be really hard to kind of tell what is what, uh, you know, as far as rumor goes right now. I like that Wonderful is trying to get a parking lot attendee fired. He's <laughs> <laughs> sure. trying to find any employee. I like that you're going to go to HHN 29, try to find some employee to give you some. Somebody selling a churro is going to get fired. Listen, Thanks, I'm just, I'm just, I, I right. work in radio. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask the hard-cutting questions, okay? Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, you guys not only do HHN, you have Freaks of Halloween Horror Nights. What what do you think? Because we have Misfits Unmanaged come on here a couple of times, but what is the difference and draw of going to that event separate from HHN? You mean um Hollow Scream? Yeah, yeah, Hollow Scream. I'm sorry. Um I would say the biggest thing there is like we talk about there's no IPs really. It's all um, original, the yeah, original houses, and it's just the money I, I believe that HHN puts in it versus what Hell Scream has to actually use. Right, 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 but right. But how how don't let Hell Scream fool you? The Hell Scream is is amazing. I mean, I, I love going every year. I've been to every one of the Hell Screams every year. So right. Um, and with this year being the twenty years of fear, it should be should be pretty decent. Yeah, I think I think so. And we have a we have a hollow scream up here in Williamsburg, which is pretty good. So if you guys yeah. ever travel, you come to Williamsburg, try that one out. It's not too bad. Alan, did you do you go to that one often? Uh yeah, I go I go uh every year to Hollow Scream. I enjoy it. It's it's kind of a it's more of like a laid back version of uh Halloween Horror Nights because you don't have to rush around to get everything done. Um you know, you don't have to worry about lines, 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 because right. I mean, yeah. there, there are, they're there, but it's nowhere near what you're going to get at Halloween Horror Nights, and it's nowhere near the crowd. And I think because Bush Gardens, um, it, it's a little less known, so they can actually get away with a little bit more than what Universal would be able to get away with. Right, like, right. Yeah, they like, can, what do you they mean can blur that? those lines. Right. 
Like, do you have an example that you can kind of? Well, I mean, like, um, it's it's more of a like uh, just a, like a visual aspect of it. Like, you know, um, as nowadays, like last year, they had this uh, this really nasty like bathroom scene in uh, one of the the houses at Scream, and you just. At nowadays at Universal Studios it's I don't want to say it's toned down but it kind of has been a, just a little like you wouldn't see something like that at Universal now maybe you know five ten years ago you would but you probably wouldn't see it now gotcha that, that's the difference you see right right just right, little nuances right right right, right. okay and I guess that that's a kind of cool leeway to my last question before we get into the awesome houses announced the there's been a lot of feeling at least for the past two years that hhn has kind of toned down as well as the fandom is very like they come off kind of negative now you guys love hhn and you guys are kind of like a big family do you feel all of that do you think there's an overwhelming negativity towards hhn and the tone Mm. I mean, personally, I I feel that people on the internet want to be negative just for the sake of being negative. You know, right. I mean, yeah, uh, I said the same like, thing. That's like that's like you know, smoking cigarettes in school. You do it because it's cool, right? So you're you're, right. you're being you're being you know negative because it's it's a different take. So you stand out. So you look cool. You know, that's the way I feel about right. it. Because you still buy your ticket. You still show up to the event. You still go. You still spend your hard-earned money on it. So what is there really? What are you complaining about? You know. So yeah, that's my stance on it. Not to get too serious. No, 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 no. No, I'm I'm all about it. Harry, Harry, do you have any feelings on that? The only thing I'm gonna say is what, um, like Mike said, the creator. You know, one of the creators at Universal. Mm. He said, you know, you got to think it's Halloween horror night. So some things are gonna be Halloween, which aren't gonna be as scary, and then you got your horror, which some things are gonna be scarier. That's why it's right. called Halloween Horror Nights, right? Right, so and that's absolutely it's that absolutely well. true. Yeah, that's, well, that's kind I of my argument. all the time that that it's a you know not every house is supposed to be a gore fest. Yeah. Not every house is going to be comedy. It's all going to be a mix of all of it. So not just one set of group can go enjoy the event. For sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. and that's that's really what you want in any event. You know, you want everybody to be able to enjoy it. Right, exactly. So, yeah. let's my, talk about the event. What, were you going to say something here? I was just going to say, my biggest thing about, like, going there, is, you know, you think about, like, Ghostbusters coming, and you got, and, like, Stranger Things last year, and all the houses in the past. It's, like, cool when you can walk from your childhood and actually walk through these sets of these movies yeah. that you've watched all these years. I, right. I agreed, and, agreed. That's, that's really why I think the IPs work so well and are really some of the bigger draws at HHN and I agree with you I think people on the internet are just think it's cool to be loud uh, and and scream the loudest in the classroom and think that they're <laughs> making you know making a point when they're really not but because at the end of the day dude I'm so damn excited to walk through Ghostbusters because that was one of my favorite movies growing up I, I love Killer really? Clowns like love that movie cannot wait to walk through like that's the Freddy versus Jason is what drew me to HHN because I was like this is one of my favorite movies I have to walk through this experience 
Yeah, for sure. Exactly. What the, for the reason I went the very first year was my sister actually drug me there. Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah, and then after that, I just I couldn't stop. I was just yeah. He got hooked on it like all of us do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a good um, drug. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a, a horror drug. Okay, so let's get into HHN 29 this year. It's ramping up. Uh, we have a lot of announcements to go through. We've already given our feelings, so I just want to sit here for uh, Harry and Alan. Give us some of your thoughts on the houses that were announced. I'll name I'll name each one, and you just give me some of your thoughts. Sound good, guys? Sounds All good. Right. Let's start with the first announcement, Stranger Things Season 2 with a bit of 3. What are your feelings on this house? Oh, I, I guess I'll, I'll go first. No big deal. Um, Stranger Things, this round 2 uh, is what I like to call it. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of had a feeling last year with as big as it was that I was – pretty much expecting it to to make a return this year um the season season two, uh season three and uh season two were both uh really epic um so I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do as far as demo dogs goes um mm -hmm. as far as the different scenes you know uh that we could that we could potentially get to see um right but uh but yeah i mean you know um with, with what they did with it last year uh, you know, I, I just I expect them to take it to the next level this year. Absolutely. How about you, Harry? Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, after seeing season three, it kind of like threw me into another level of wanting to see the house now. And uh, mm -hmm. it's great that it came out the same year that the house is actually going to be there. And right. So looking forward to seeing the Mind Flayer. I mean, that's going to be super cool. Yeah, that's going to be crazy if they actually give us a full-sized one of that. I will probably boot myself, but that's neither here or there. Well, um, huh? I think somewhere they, like, I don't forget who tweeted it or somebody said it, they expect a big thing at the end or something like that. Oh, my God. Said it was going to be their biggest, uh, biggest prop ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So. I mean, I can't. All, all we can do at this point is speculate that it'd be my player right, because I right. mean, it's huge. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, let's go from the first to the latest. Us was just announced today. What are your feelings about this house, Harry? I think Us is gonna it's gonna blow a lot of expectations away. I think a lot of people are have been really negative about it today online. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah, I've seen that. It's wild. The movie was kind of like, to me, it was strange. It was kind of hard to follow a little bit, but I think the house is just going to be scary because it it brings like that persona. Mm -hmm. Look for a lot of like interesting things for sure. Right. Gotcha. What about you, Alan? Uh, well, I personally i I haven't seen the movie yet, um, mm, okay. so I'm kind of slacking on that. Um, but uh, but I'm I just from seeing the movie itself. Um, it looks like they there are you not not I'm not saying seeing the movie, but seeing the trailers of what I've seen of the movie itself. I can see where they could use a lot of uh, you know actors in masks and uh, you know jump scares and that kind of thing. And you know, like uh, it, in the trailer, it shows them out on a beach where there's like a kind of like a Coney Island situation with a yeah with a you know uh, uh, amusement park in the background, that kind of thing. Um, 
I, I feel like that 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 can always be you know made creepy because any any amusement park without the lights on is going to be creepy, you know. Yeah, um, right. But uh, but yeah, I just I could see where some of the set pieces could could definitely uh, be really nice as far you know as eyes eye candy goes, and um, and I definitely expect a, a lot of jump scares. Right, right. Um, we've talked two IPs. I'm curious, though, about the original houses. And if I recall correctly, I think the first one announced was the Nightingale's Blood Pit, which, from what it sounds like, is going to be a pretty gory, fun house. Curious what you guys are thinking. Uh, Alan, if you want to start. Um, yeah, as soon as they announced Nightingale's was coming back, I was stoked because uh, I really really enjoy you know uh i, I don't want to refer to it as a franchise but you kind of have to once they start reoccurring right i'd say so uh yeah like a halloween horror night franchise right yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely but, i would but, actually like to see them make movies out of their own original houses that would be awesome Could or be even horror. make like original horror stories uh you know original movies that like uh, follow their origins, like the different icons and their right. origins, that kind of thing. That would be really right. cool too. Um, but yeah, uh, from what I understand, it's going to be really, really claustrophobic in there, uh, which always makes for a good <laughs> house. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and yeah, um, I'm just I'm really excited that they that that Universal went that they actually came out and said, okay, you know, it's like they kind of heard us last year, like. Or you know, heard the people who were like, "Oh, it's there's where's the gore? Where's the gore?" You know, um, so they said, "Okay, you guys want gore? Here you go. Here is it. a house called Blood Pit." <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. How about you, Harry? What do you think about Nightingales? I think it's going to be amazing, and definitely going to be probably lots of blood and gore in there, and that's what we're everybody's looking for. So it's good to see them go back to a little bit original. Um, for me, the original houses have always been special. Mm-hmm. And if they did like a Horror Nights with all original houses, I would probably go. So, um, yeah. But yeah, Blood Pit's definitely going to, it's going to be like one of the top five for me. What do you think about Yeti Terror of the Yukon? Do you think that house is going to live up to like the standards of cinema was last year with their Swamp Yeti? Um, I think Yeti's going to be like scary as hell. Mm hmm. It's just these big old giant jumbo yetis coming at you probably all over the place, jump scaring. It's going to be freezing in there as well, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be kind of dark. So I I really got high, high anticipation for that one. Yeah, and you, Alan? Uh, well, the good thing about a yeti, the, and the reason why the Swamp Yeti was so impactful last year is because you can, it's, it's, you can actually, when you build that world around them, you can camouflage them. Right, right. And I mean, if you didn't know he was there, you never saw him coming until he was right up on you. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So I mean, I, I, I think that with the Yeti, of course, with it being, um, with it being, uh, I believe, you know, it being built around the the actual Yeti itself, you can hide it a lot better. You can hide the scares. You're not going to see him as much. And uh, until he's right up on you, and that really, I think, makes for for me personally makes for a good house because I would rather not know. And if you can actually build places to where he could move around to where he's not going to jump out at the same spot, you know, every single time, 
that makes it even better. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, oh, no. What were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, if you think about like Seeds of Extinction last year, where they kind of built the plants into right. the walls and stuff like that, where you couldn't see them. So that was kind of cool as well. Uh, I'm curious, though, how do you, how, because you guys are there, I've been wondering, how does Depths of Fear, how is that pulled off? A water attraction, a water house, something where we're going to be going into the depths of water. Uh, Harry, like, how are they going to pull this one off? Because I've been curious. I think when you walk in, it's just going to be, it's going to look like you sunk a ship and like you're under the water. That's my most anticipated house of the year. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think original wise, that's mine. Um, I heard like walking outside, you're going to kind of walk probably like you're walking under the water. Gotcha. It's going to lead you into the house. And okay. So it's going to be an interesting way, an interesting thing, but I know that that team can definitely pull it off. So yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Alan, what do you think about depths? Um, I think that it's, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those houses for me that, that really, uh, plays on, on my fear, uh, or on my fears, because I am one who I get high anxiety just by looking at pictures of underwater. Uh-huh. Not, like me underwater is not, that's, that's just not one of those things that I do very, unless I'm in like a swimming pool in a controlled situation. Um, so, so this, this actually really plays into, into one of my bigger fears. Um, and so I really, I really think it's going to, you know, it's going to do great. I expect it to be really like musty and, you know, wet and moldy. I wouldn't wear a good pair of shoes in there. (laughs) Um, definitely wouldn't. Um, Halloween Horror Nights tip. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cause they, they definitely can pull off like that swampy feel. Um, um, it's going to be very interested, you know, very interesting to see exactly how they pull off the underwater situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've um, talked a lot of what, what Harry? I was gonna, I was just going to say one of the biggest things, what is the, like people's biggest fear? A lot of them is drowning. So yeah. Yeah. And being in that kind of situation is going to be kind of intense. And I don't want to be there with Alan freaking out like he's the Hulk. Yes. There's not a lot of space to move around. And, you know, yeah. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'd be like, well, Alan, let's... you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go away from our most deepest fears and let's go to a uh-huh. little comedy action. What about Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters probably one of the highest anticipated IPs they've ever had. Uh Alan, what what did you feel when you heard Ghostbusters is a house this year? I have been walking around since that house has been announced just singing Bustin' makes me feel good. <laughs> Doesn't it? I it does. It does. I have been okay, so a little side note, we've known about this house for we sat on it for months debating if we wanted to leak it or not. Um we we knew about it. We actually Ooh. had the promo art, the whole nine wow. yards. We had it right. Done. We right. had it all right down to the T. Um, you know, we even did the, the reverse Google image search to make sure it was legit. It was legit. We just didn't know if we wanted to or not. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I have been... This is hands down one of my favorite movies from the 80s. It's Back to the Future, Batman, and Ghostbusters. Good like, picks. That's it. Yep. And, uh, and, I mean, I personally can't wait to see them pull off some of the effects that they've promised to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously i don't know if you guys saw the spoiler on on instagram or not but that that feature looks really cool with slimer yeah uh, yeah the slimer yeah to see that yeah i tried to avoid yeah. it but i but i my my eyes couldn't look away <laughs> yeah well, it'll it'll be it'll be a lot more interesting to see it once it's in full yeah. you know full effect with the lighting and the whole nine yards like i want to be um, slimed <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah i would i would not be mad if i came out and i had you know i had goop all over me <laughs> yeah i i wouldn't really care uh even you know I, even if it I didn't stain my shirt i'd be all right with that out. I'd just come out and say, I feel so funky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We came, we saw, we, saw, we kicked, we kicked ass. its ass. You know That's they're it. going to be yelling that every time we come out. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good so, uh, Can't uh, wait. Harry, what do you think about Ghostbusters? I mean, like, I don't know if you were, but it sounds like you could have been around since they did the old show at Universal. Yeah, I've been going there since the very beginning, since when Universal opened. I was there, like, oh. I think the second day Universal opened. Right. So, I mean, the fact that it's coming back, what do you what do you think about this? I think the house is going to be great. I don't know about, like you said, scary. I think it's going to be more of a comedy. But Yeah. Well, the first thing I thought when I heard it was, like, I get to be a kid again. Yeah. So that's, like, the biggest thing, like I was talking about earlier, is going through things from your childhood. So it's just going to be amazing. I think the... the all the set and everything, the visuals are going to be just off the charts. They're going to put a lot into this one because everybody's been waiting for it for so long. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think another one though that they're going to put a lot into that had a really big reaction, and a lot of us here on the East Coast were screaming for after the West Coast got it, and it's going to be a house this year. Is the Universal Monsters coming? And I got to tell you, I am so excited, but also curious because is like. I don't know how much you guys can talk about it, what you guys know. I I, I want this house to be a black and white house, like lit mm. like it's an old, you know, an old Universal horror film or an old Abbott and Costello meet the Universal Monsters type film. But wh how excited are you for this house? What can you kind of let loose on this? Uh, I guess, uh, Alan, I keep forgetting to ask you, what uh, of you guys no, specifically? That's cool. Sorry. That's cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, now, as I haven't personally heard anything as far as uh, you know, if it's going to be like old school black and white or anything like that, um, that, that obviously that would be amazing if they could pull off that you know that noir feel. Um, but uh, but I really think that I honestly believe that they're going to kick this this house into high gear um, for two reasons. One, because yes, yeah, there it's their own you know personal you know ip that they that they have but also with this you know i feel like they've been kind of pumping monsters here recently because of uh epic epic universe yeah. right um because there's a huge rumor that there's going to be a universal monsters universe at the new park so they're kind of that's why they went and built you know the new terminator store and turned it into a uh a uh, monster, like monster store store right um simply because they're they're trying to gauge where the uh you know the audience is at and so right, i really think that they're right exactly and i really think that this is that this on it coming here is another testament of them wanting to find out what the interest is and um i think that they're going to put a lot into it just because they want to you know find out how true 
everybody would be to wanting more of that. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Right. Harry, what do you think about this? I think Universal Monsters is going to be awesome. I mean, you know, you got Dracula and Wolfman. Yeah. You know, growing up, those are some more of those iconic characters that you see a lot of. And yeah. I agree with what Alan said. I think that they're trying to get a feel for what's going on. That's why they have that store there that has all the Universal Monster stuff in it now. And because um, mm-hmm. that was the original rumors that where Terminator was, they were going to put a Universal Monsters type thing in there. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we actually talked about that. Uh, while back episode. on earlier episodes of that possibly happening yeah and it's a shame that it isn't but if it means I'm going to get an entire world filled with rides haunts <laughs> and yeah, fine I'll take that that's fine um, absolutely and then, yeah and then finally we have killer clowns from outer space being a house last year it was a scare zone very successful scare zone indeed but now it is a full fledged house do you think Alan that this house is going to live up to the scare zone um, I don't know if you had feelings about trick or treat from Scare Zone the house, but what what are you feeling? <laughs> we got it. We got one. <laughs> what are what are your feelings going into this one with the with Killer Clowns? Um, you always run that risk of you know the transfer from the street to the house not you know not happening as well as you wanted to like trick or treat. Um, but I mean, I really think that Killer Clowns has so many different iconic scenes and different things that we didn't get to see necessarily in the street um, that can really come to play inside of a house, uh, like the you know the effect uh, when the the security guard got belted with all the pies and then turned into a Sunday <laughs> on the ground. Um, right, right. You know, it's just it, it seemed like trick or treat had all of its you know all of its big bangs out in the street and then they just shoved them in a house i'm hoping that they take what they what they got from killer clowns and build onto it um so so that way it doesn't happen like what happened with with trick-or-treat i feel the same exact way about trick-or-treat with you like i felt like they gave us all the majority scenes besides the bus scene and that's the most memorable thing from the house in my eyes because everything else i was like oh this was the scare zone it's just inside now um right harry do you have the same kind of feelings or is it a little different for you all right, so we're going to talk about trick-or-treat first. All um, right, everybody, get a drink. <laughs> All right. Here, here we go. I'm going to be straight out, flat honest. Okay. Uh, trick-or-treat, I mean, I'm a big, huge fan. I always have been since the movie came out. The scare zone was bar none. It was, like, definitely a 10 out of 10. Um, the house just, I think, was the biggest missed opportunity. It lacked, like, actually lacked characters, first of all. You know, most of the Sams were puppets or statues or whatever. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing. Like, you walked into the house and there was nobody coming out at you. I mean, the seeing the sets, the props were pretty good. But other than that, I mean, it was one of my most anticipated last year. And it was probably at the bottom of the list for me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, sorry. from there, we get now Killer. Now, Killer Clowns, the scare zone itself, was probably my favorite in all the 21 years I've gone. So. Oh, yeah. Um, the house, I think, is going to transfer pretty well. I, I don't see any problems with them. And like Alan said, I think sometimes it has to do with location as well, because that house out there in the 
back there in the parade building kind of had a few duds out there before and um but i think what's going to be cool we can see clownzilla i heard it's going to be in there and oh (laughs) yeah i've heard the rumor of clownzilla being in there and um hopefully the pie scene like he said i really want to see that that's going to be amazing so yeah i want i really i'm hoping there they do the puppet sequence with uh the police chief yes that yeah. too, yeah, that as well. I would love to see that. And then, like, the shadow puppets and stuff like that would be pretty cool again. Yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome, guys. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all of the uh, the houses that have been announced. We don't have scare zones or a show yet, so we can't really dive into that. But Unless there's I a think... rumor that could be leaked. Eh? 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 Well, uh, the only thing don't break I mean... my heart. Don't break my heart. The only, the only thing I can I pretty much, I mean, guarantee for sure is another house is the House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's so, the one that's been majorly speculated through this entire time. So yeah, that, I would I, really love it. Yeah, that I got a guarantee on. So, but. Oh, good. Oh, right. um, You heard it here first. You heard it first. <laughs> we broke something. <laughs> now, unless they change something, you never know. But that's, Oh, God. Uh, don't yeah, do that. anything can happen. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to go There's home and butt. pop on okay. the Devil's Rejects. You uh, can't say guarantee and then switch it. Now no, I feel I, like I, Michael Scott. I got snip snapped. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> for sure. Oh, wow. I would put money on it for sure. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to have the gabagool. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um i say once um once the season's rolling out we guys we get you back in here we Definitely. review everything it sounds like a great time before we get done with this segment please plug everything you have uh yeah absolutely what's up uh, just plug plug all all the freak stuff that you have twitters facebook's merchandise cereal boxes whatever you have i want you to tell i want you to tell the universe now all right um yeah absolutely uh join you know you can always catch us on uh on freaks of halloween horror nights on facebook uh instagram uh freaks underscore hhn on twitter um we are working on a merchandise website where we're going to be selling uh see you in the fog shirts Ooh. Um, and a couple of other, you know, like our own, you know, like our, our uh logo shirts, that's gonna be freaks of Um and uh that yeah, that sh- that should actually be up and running at the uh uh halfway point around April fifteenth is what I'm being told. Okay. Cool. So awesome. uh Yeah. Awesome. I think awesome. that's about it. I don't think I forgot anything. Yeah, Harry, uh, you got anything? Just look for, uh, we're going to have tons of giveaways at, at Horror Nights this year, so cool. we're going to bring probably backpack full of stuff every every night. Okay. Um, and if you want to uh, throw this on there, the, you know, if we could do like the first, I don't know, five people that comment or whatever on the, about this podcast, they could comment a keyword like haunted freaks, and we'll send out five things to five lucky people. Oh, yeah. well, that would be kind of awesome. I like that. Haunted Freaks. If you tweet that at on the uh, post for this show, I'll make sure I pin it on our uh, Twitter. Yeah. If you're the first five to say that code word, then the freaks are apparently going to give you some uh, sweet action. There <laughs> might even be an autographed item in there somewhere. 
What's in the box? You understand I'm the one that's going to comment five times, guys. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Well, we have, you know, we got some swag for you when you come down. So that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Guys, thank you for so much for coming on, but we're not done with you yet. We're just going to move on to our next segment after this break because wonderful what's going to happen. Oh, we're going to be joined by an incredible guest composer of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space Soundtrack. John Mazzari will be joining the program. Awesome. So make sure you stick around. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast fans. I am Cassie, and I'm the host of Disflix and Tidbits, my solo movie podcast about Disney Company movies from the past, present, and coming soon, and all the little extras, movie news, and experiments on nostalgia in between. Come for the childhood memories, stay for the deep dives into your favorite movies. New episodes every other Wednesday. Tune in to Disflix and Tidbits. Subscribe for free wherever podcasts are found. Is this is this is this John Mazzari? It is indeed. Hello, oh, Mr. Mazzari. It uh, worked. Yes, it worked. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got your number through uh, the freaks of Halloween Horror Nights, Alan and Harry. Yeah. Uh, they're on Skype right now. Zach's on Skype. I'm on Skype, and you're through phone, and we got everybody here. Oh, that's fantastic. I I'm so sorry you guys caught me on the phone uh, in Hollywood, or else I would have definitely set up a a, a Skype situation at home i just got caught up in some uh last minute uh business that i had to come down i'm actually just a block south of the chinese oh oh my god on hollywood boulevard just a a block south of it oh well is this uh is this something you are uh privy to discuss or no uh sure i'm um um meeting my daughter after dance practice and we're gonna have dinner Oh, okay. Oh. That's, that sounds amazing. That's good business. <laughs> Nothing too uh, out of the ordinary. So, anyway, oh okay. That's so, great. Uh, let's, That's great. Let's get going. Ask your, what, what would you like to know? Um, I guess what, I mean, to start off, thank you for doing this with us. Um, but I guess Hello. I'm going to start. My name's Zach, uh, and I wanted to actually start with the original film where with Killer Clowns, how did uh-huh. you, how did you like come up with the themes for that movie? Like that's such, it's such a wild ride to watch and you captured right. the movie perfectly mm-hmm. with the music. So I'm kind of wondering how did you come up with the score? Well, uh, the main thing, uh, the main theme, if you're talking about the the Killer Clown March to begin with, which uh, appears throughout the movie in various permutations, it's a, it, you would call it a motif, that, yeah. that was composed years before I um, uh, saw the movie. I was in college, excuse me, I wasn't, before college, I was in high, a high school uh, rock band called um, Crisis. Now, I say rock band because uh, heavy metal, the term heavy metal hadn't, was not like a recognized term yet. So we used mm-hmm. to call it hard rock. And, and we used to cover songs like, you know, from Led Zeppelin and, <clears throat> and um, Deep Purple, Blue Easter Cult, and... <clears throat> This is probably about five or six years before Eddie Van Halen showed up on the scene, right? So, right. and um, so 
we decided we were going to do original music. So I said, hey, here's here's something I came up with. This is kind of cool. And I played it for him. And they, they told me, what are, what are the chords to that? And I said, well, it's not really a chord. It's kind of a, it's kind of a riff, you know, which is also like a motif. And uh, <laughs> I said, but it kind of spells out a D major 7 chord. And they go, D major 7? John, we're not playing jazz. That's a jazz chord. We're playing hard <laughs> rock, you know. Get with the program, you know, kind of thing. So it basically died right there, and I kind of put it away in the in my drawer, so to speak. And the minute I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I go, oh, my gosh, that, that theme would be perfect for this. It's absolutely, it's exactly what it should be. And so when I did my demo and um, of the scene where, you know, they march up upon the town, that's what got me the gig because not many people did that scene. And the people that did that do that scene, they did kind of like goofy circus music that was sort of scary kind of thing. And uh, the music supervisor, whose name is Bob Hunka, and the Kyoto Brothers just absolutely loved it. They said, that's it. That nails it. You've, with those, uh, you know, that, that like six or eight notes, you've, you've got the mood of the movie down. So that's basically the, the evolution of that theme and where it came from. So there's a lesson that uh, you, you don't want, uh, just because someone uh, someone may be critical of what you do, doesn't mean that it can't have a life somewhere else. So, right. Um, I was so happy to be able to use that. And quite frankly, I, I, I don't think the guys that used to be in my band, and they're all still around, they, they don't, they're not into music at all. I, I, don't, I, have, I don't think they, they are even aware of that. Story. That's wild! Wow, they may discover that through you. That would be <laughs> <Wow>. incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, John. I'm really interested in in knowing, you know, how how old you were and what I have into music. Well, you're you're getting really personal, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I uh, well, it was 1988, and I'm gonna guess that I was. All of 30, oh, well, actually, 88 is when it came out. So it was 87. So I was full on 30 years old. So I crossed mm. the boundary of 29, and I was halfway through being 30 years old, is when I did it. And um, prior to that, I had, I had been working on and off in the business for about, oh gosh, uh, 10 years. Since I was like 20, well, when I was in, in college, when I was in college, I was actively uh, getting on the phone and trying to be um, an orchestrator or an apprentice, as we used to call it back in those days, not an assistant, an apprentice to another composer. And uh, because I studied with a particular um, orchestrator and composer that was well respected, as a matter of fact, uh, James Newton Howard is one of his students. His name is Albert Harris. And he basically, I mean, he was like the last filter you went through, so to speak, before you got into the industry. He got, you know, if you got his okay, um, you can get, you can mention his name or he'll make a call for you for someone that needs work. So I started working for um, two different composers. One was David Rose, who at the time was working on Little House in the Prairie. And then there was uh, Jerry Fielding, who had done Hogan's Heroes. He had done a few Star Trek episodes. 
several movies for Clint Eastwood and Sam Peckinpah. And so he was kind of a, a to me, he was kind of like a giant, you know. So I worked with those guys on and off uh, for about 10 years uh, and got a lot of experience. I also worked with uh, Mark Snow, you know, the guy that did the X-Files. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked with him in the early and mid-80s on various episodic television shows that he was working on. So when Killer Clowns came around, that was going to be my baby. That was going to be my brand, so to speak. So when I got, when I passed the audition, I got that job. I, I just dug both heels into that movie. That's awesome. You definitely nailed it. For sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, John, I'm I'm really curious because uh, again we are joined here very special guest John Mazzari. He is the composer of Killer Clowns from Outer Space as well as a lot of other films. Because you mentioned Little House on the Prairie, I see you've worked on that Heart to Heart, the Ray uh, Broadbury Theater, Johnny Quest as well. Like you, you have a long list. Even Twenty Four Conspiracy, a TV short series, I yeah. see that you've worked on as Great. well. But I am curious, mm-hmm. what was the influence that made you? get into film scores what was it was it a film score you saw was it somebody's work that you just kind of heard that you were like oh, mm-hmm. i gotta pick up a, mm-hmm. I, I gotta get to a piano i gotta i i have this idea now right well that's a very very good question because everyone has like an epiphany moment where they can point to saying that was i saw that or i did that or this influenced me and that dictated my path so to speak uh, I, had to, I have to say I was six years old, and the kids in my neighborhood that we used to be on the same, you know, little league baseball team, and, um, you know, we used to, you know, make model airplanes and burn them in a empty field and stuff like that, we, we one day decided, hey, we're going to go by ourselves to see a movie, and there's a triple feature, a really cool triple feature down the street, and it was um, The Time Machine. Um, Journey to the Center of the Earth and Mysterious Island. And basically, you know, going to see a movie, a bunch of kids, that was their excuse to just goof off for, you know, you know six hours. <laughs> Starting right. at 10 in the morning and going to like 5 in the afternoon, um, you know, on a sugar rush. But for me, I was completely swept off my feet. I, a matter of fact, I, I remember sitting away by myself so I could just watch everything, and something about that experience was captivating me. Now, previous to this, I, I always loved music. I was always, you know, I, I would get a, a ruler and some rubber bands and make a guitar, and I was constantly listening to the radio. I would wake up at 2 in the morning and, uh, and start working my uh, parents' hi-fi system, uh, back then, you know, you had this like piece of furniture that had a, a radio tuner in it and a and a turntable, and sometimes they had a tape <laughs> machine in it. And I would be playing records and constantly listening very close. Always fascinated with it. Then, and it was around that time my mom got a piano. So, couple, you know, you add all those things together, and I was just I. I kind of, I think I realized that it was the music from these movies that was affecting me because you could not tear me off the piano. I was always like tinkering with it, you know. And um, it wasn't until I was 11 when I finally realized that you know what, this is what I really want to do. I want to. Music gave me. Uh, the big point is that music gave me an incredible experience, and I've only, I always want to recreate that for myself. Not just listening to other people's music, 
<clears throat> but to creating my own music for me to experience and have fun with. And, you know, I guess other people might like it, might like it too. So um, that's what it was. It was the triple feature. And by the time I was 11, I actually announced to my parents that I didn't even know what it was called. And yeah. I said, I want to be a music writer. <laughs> like, what, in the, what in the world is that? You know, it's like, well, when you watch <laughs> movies and TV shows, like I used to watch Lost in Space and with my little um, Phillips reel-to-reel tape recorder, I used to tape the audio and listen to it back and try to play uh, music, uh, you know, try to imitate the music um, on the... Um, that's not. They're not beeping for me, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, California lifestyle, man. I gotta live there. You're taking too long. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, anyway, I, I used to tape um, uh, "Lost in Space" and listen to John Williams' score over and over and over. And then when I studied music, I'm going, "Oh my goodness! This uh, this portion of the symphony of Shostakovich, uh, the second movement of the Seventh Symphony, sounds a lot like." what John Williams did, would do in a mysterious part of Lost in Space. And I realized how he, he was influenced by, by the great classics. So I realized that I had to, like, buckle down and, you know, discover the music of Bruckner, of Mahler, of, um, and even earlier composers like Monteverdi and Gabrielli and uh, Domenico Scarlatti. And then there was... Uh, uh, English composers like Arnold Bax and Ray Fon Williams, and it's like all of a sudden this massive world of music and all kinds of language and exp- ex- means of expression just opened up to me. <clears throat> so I would say, like when I was in my early teens up until up until today, uh, the classical repertory is very uh, uh, very dear to me because it's so. And I, 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 I I'm still not familiar with all of it because it's so. There's such a huge volume of it, so uh, I drew uh, some a, a lot of my influences uh, showed up in the Killer Clown score. Um, one point that's very important is the Killer Bows were very very clear with their music direction. They say we don't want, we don't want the music to be goofy and silly. We love right. the the music of of great Hollywood films like they, they would tell me like King Kong and Mighty Joe Young and, and Seventh Voyage of Sinbad he said, that, that had music that really meant a lot to us and we want that kind of experience musical experience for our audience but <laughs> here's the big but we don't want it played by an orchestra we want it played by crazy synthesizer <laughs> instruments that will get different colors than just an orchestra because we could have recorded it with mm-hmm. an orchestra it would have been very easy, I mean, very doable at the time, but they wanted a very, very distinct, interesting, colorful sound. So that's how that's how that all came about. That's how I brought the, so I brought all that to the table, you know. Uh, and right. we, we, Kirbos and I had a big, one big meeting, and then I didn't see him for six weeks. <laughs> they came <laughs> to the first recording session, and um, they, it was funny. They came to the first recording session, and then they came to like a third recording session, and they I would review things that we've already recorded, and they were just like they looked like little kids, you know, that were, were going to right. Disneyland. You know, they were just really because the movie was coming together, you know. Yeah. Because when I saw <laughs> the movie, it didn't have any temp music on it, and it was actually kind of terrifying mm. without any music. 
actually <laughs> oh yeah dang, that would be creepy pretty dang you know it's creepy as it is but it, it was even creepy <laughs> music <laughs> or uh and minimal sound effects too you know right. so, yeah so well, there was only one change I remember they, they made. They they made a comment. There was a drum somewhere, and it reminded them of the reminded them of the Mod Squad, the TV show from the seventies or the sixties actually. And they said they, mm-hmm. they don't like Mod Squad, you know. So okay, we'll take that that drum thing out. But outside of that, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was like it was like everything was coming together for them, and it was they were seeing a completion to this uh, this labor of love of theirs right well I, I caught something in there where you said there was no orchestra and you did synth and stuff like that but like in 2018 you did a reimagined album of Killer mm-hmm. Grounds with an orchestra in it yeah. what was that like what made you want to kind of revisit the Killer Clowns and do that well that's a very good question because I had gone to uh, three or so years previous to that, actually five years before that, I had gone to Son of Monsterpalooza, and it was like, actually it was my first um, horror convention in a long time. I mean, the last time I went to anything like that, I think it was called, shoot, I forgot what it was called. It was like in the (laughs) mid-80s, I went to a few conventions, and all I know is there were fans there that would just be arguing over, you know, the direction Star Trek should take. And it was like you, a fist fight, <laughs> fist fight was about to break out, you know. That's all I know. So, <laughs> so fast, fast forward to the 2000 teens, uh, and I go to Monster Palooza, and uh, the, at the invitation of the Killer Brothers, they said, you know, it's the 25th anniversary of Killer Clowns. You should meet some of the fans. And so I met all these people that wonderful beautiful people that were more familiar with the film than me (laughs) (laughs) they knew more they knew more about the movie than me and they were they knew about the music and you know there was a a soundtrack release of the original synth score like around i think it was around oh gosh i want to say it was like 2004 like 10 years earlier and which is i i understand it's completely sold out and they asked me um you know are you going to are you going to do anything else? Are you going to do a concert? Or are you, are you going to play anywhere? And I thought, and I really thought about it, and I said, well, you know, it would be fun just to take the music as is and put it in front of an orchestra and see what happens. And I did that, and I did a reimagined album, and I said, well, we can take it to the second step. And the Kyoto Brothers kind of, like, were really on board with this, too. This is one we, you know, and live to film uh, orchestral concerts are becoming a thing. And I said, let's let's do that. Let's get an orchestra and, and an audience. We'll we'll book a theater. We'll and we we managed to sell out a theater in, in, in the heart of Hollywood, at Hollywood near Hollywood in Vine. And um, so that's how that happened. It was all came from the fans. I, I don't think it would have ever happened. As a matter of fact, when the concert was over, uh, we had a little uh, we, we had a meet and, an extra meet and greet with the audience after the concert was over. And I told everyone, I said, you know, this is not for me. This is for this is for all of you because there was a thousand people in the theater, and they were all wearing not all of them. Most of them had either they had body art like tattoos, or they were wearing costumes, or they had a T-shirt or something like that. There were people that loved this little movie, and they were just so happy 
uh, to be there. And I and so that's where it came from. It came from the love of the fans, and and that's awesome. all I can say. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, I'm I'm curious as well because uh, you mentioned how 25 years, all that stuff like that. But we are coming up. Uh, I believe on the 30th anniversary now of the film, or we just passed it. Uh, my mind is math is hard. Okay. No, that's uh, okay. We're but, we're officially at, we just passed the 31st. There we go. So, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was gonna say I was creeping your IMDb page, and I know there's always talk of a sequel, but I see uh-huh. that you are attached to the return of Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. Uh-huh. Is is that a real thing or is that just IMDB somebody somebody's just pulling a prank on me over here? Well, let's put it this way. From the powers that be. This is what I can say. Expect wonderful things. Oh. <laughs> like oh, oh, that's I mean, awesome. I I I I've, I've been privy to some really wonderful imagery and and uh and developments with the Killer Clown brand that uh, they always come with these emails and message, uh, messages, the password protected messages that say "for your eyes only." Oh, <laughs> they, know I'm, they know I'm I'm very chatty with all the fans, you know, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, the Kyoto Brothers are they're really good at playing their cards hold close to their chest, which is really cool. Uh, and I I've had to. Uh, do that, and I'm happy to do that because I, I, you know, you want to be able to present. Let's face it, any idea you do, any <clears throat> any manifestation of any idea you do is going to go through a number of permutations. So if you say, "Well, we're going to do this project this way," you know, where it's going to start at point A and it's going to go to point Z, and then you realize, "Well, wait a minute, it makes more sense to go from point Z to point A." Uh, oh, now we have to tell everyone that and they might be disappointed. Mm. So you, you just want to, you just want to like have it done and show it. Just like when car companies, uh, when they're developing a new model, they cover it up. They make sure that no one sees the uh, sees the development of it. And you know, when they have the final unveiling, that's like everyone can see the finished product. So that's basically what we're looking at. So there you go. That, that's what I can say. I can gotcha. say there's absolutely wonderful things. And at Halloween Horror Nights here in Hollywood, I'll be every, every, I think every Saturday night, I'm going to be there to, uh, for like an hour to meet and greet with fans, oh, either wow. at the attraction or maybe off-site, possibly a meet-up every week. And definitely I'm coming to, um, um, to Orlando, cause not only to yes. see the um, attraction, but I'm doing a... A killer clown theme uh, DJ set at a club. What? It's going to be a lot of fun. When is yeah. that? What is a DJ set? Well, no, no, no. When is no, that? Like, when is it? Do you know that? That's going to be, as far as I know, it's going to be the 18th. Um, and I'll be able to announce it, especially with all the little details closer to when that date comes up. And I'm working with a, a, um, a German DJ artist uh, named Daniel Rutzko. Um, with uh, putting the show together. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man, that does sound fun. Well, since you brought up the HHN itself, last mm-hmm. year was the scare zone um, that right. Killer Clowns had. Were you able to walk through the scare zone? And what kind, if you did, what kind of, like, did you 
you get the old feelings of like how the movie felt. Did they did HHN capture what you thought the movie was in real life? Well, uh, you know, I think they did an absolutely wonderful job. And how how are you going to? Uh, you know, how can you not love a place where everyone's smiling, having fun, dancing? You know, they'll order their food and have their drinks, and then they won't leave. <laughs> What yes. does that tell you? You know, they're having a great time, and you could, there's just like all that electricity right. coming from right. um, the the attraction itself, the light show, and and all of the uh, the performers were just incredible. And I, I got to hand it to uh, Michael Aiello, who's one of the chief creative um, developers of of all that. You know, it, it was his faith in the brand, and he just you know. He just knew that if he put this together, people would appreciate it and love it, and talk. And they ha they haven't stopped talking about it. <laughs> it was on. How how long, how right. long was that open for? Like eight weeks, or maybe less, or just a little bit more than eight weeks. And um, people just absolutely loved it. And um, so me, I felt like a kid again. I, I honestly did. I when I got there, and I thought, wow, this is something. The music was blaring. They they not only had the great that awesome song by the dickies but they had so much different music from from the original movie and from my uh, new uh album which also has bear mccreary performing on it you know and so mm -hmm. um it was quite it was quite um uh it was quite humbling and gratifying and then fun at the same time i don't know if that makes sense no, it does. It totally does. And I would love to yeah. say that I love the yeah. reimagined soundtrack, the the album you made. I think the orchestra and the synth together work really well, and I do think it worked well in the scare zone. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And you know, the new reimagined that was done by the guy who made it originally. Right. Right. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alan, do you want to toss a question out? Um, I mean, I, last year's Scare Zone was my personal favorite Scare Zone of the year for Killer Clowns. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was just, I really thought that they brought the brand, the brand to life. Uh, have they given you any kind of insight on, uh, or have you seen any kind of uh, artwork or anything like that of what the, the house this year uh, might entail. Hold on a second. Let me get the. I have to get the official statement out that I can make. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. One thing. Okay. I state your name, John Masari. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't have it. I'm looking at my palm in my hand. Um, okay, let's put it this way. Um, I think everyone's going to be very, very happy. And it's going to be a lot of fun. That's well, I can. I, okay. That's all I can tell you. Okay. Well, I'm. Is, is, you don't have when to I say thought I was, Well, let's put it this way. When uh, I I just know um, that it's going to be absolutely wonderful, and I think it will exceed people's expectations. Okay. Not meet, but exceed it, because uh, you know, like I said, you got uh, Michael Aiello and his team. They just know what the hell they're doing. That's, that's, that's all I can say. If, um, you know, 
uh, I would not be surprised if at some point in Michael Ayo's career he gives um, the uh, other established filmmakers a run for his for their money if he ever decides to produce movies. In, in my opinion, wow, wow, uh, wow, yeah, because he really he, re- he really knows he's a really great producer. He just really knows what he's doing, you know. And he's he's the head of the sh- you know he's the the admiral. He's the uh, you know he's he's getting all this. He's putting all this. He's the the vanguard inspiration behind all this. Getting to get it right, you know. Not only get get it right, but have it be fun. Get in the spirit of it all, like he did with the scare zone. I mean, my goodness, the scare zone. I I, I didn't realize till the second time I went to see it, they had they did this projection on a building next to it with scenes from the movie. Right. And it was yeah, the, was the puppet totally off. The puppet colors were all right, and that's one one of the comments of the Kyoto brothers is that boy, they really got the color scheme right. They really, they just really nailed it. Right and on all, yeah. on all, on they were just firing on all cylinders. So, absolutely. Um, I, I kick myself if I didn't ask you this. So, I don't need a direct answer, but maybe two blinks. Um, are you writing exclusive music to the house? Well, let's put it this way: when you, when you hear music there, you will hear something. Hear music that's very familiar. Okay, fair enough. Okay, gotcha. Fair enough. So, fair enough. That's about all I can tell you. And <laughs> that, you know, and in you know, uh, non-killer clowns. I know you're not interested in non-killer clowns film, but I I just um, got uh, not too long ago finished working with uh, uh, the community of filmmakers that D- Sam Raimi works with. And mm-hmm. I just had a real fun time doing a, a just a, a an old fashioned western. Ooh! It was like one of my bucket lists to do. It was oh, like wow. a, a, a full on western with a you know a traditional western score. It was just like so like a wild. gun smoke. Like a well, you know, kind of you know. It's so funny is that last. Christmas, I was binge watching uh, Republic Pictures West serial western. Okay, you know every just like every two weeks they would come out, they crank out an hour long um, um, episode of um, I think it was called uh, <clears throat> Rocky Lane, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Rocky Lane, ah. Rocky Lane actually sounds like a boxer, but in any event, it was really <laughs> yeah. good and had great scores by Stanley Wilson incredible scores. This is back in the 40s and 50s. And so I just loved them. The stories were so... This is like, this is precursor to, like, to the Rifleman and Gunsmoke and all that sort of stuff. Okay. So um, and I got this call and I go... They said, you know, we're having problems finding someone who can nail this feel. And I said, oh, shoot. Here, let me take a crack at it. And boy, I have a bunch of new friends now. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's awesome. Back in Detroit, you know. So that was a lot of fun. But that has, if you it, you can hear the soundtrack on my SoundCloud, and uh-huh. um, it's uh, if you're looking for any hint of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I actually there's a, there's a certain type of uh, chord sequence that I use in Killer Clowns from Outer Space that I use in this, but it's in a Western um, dressing, so to speak. That's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. So you'll hear you, if you listen through, you go up. Oh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> Because I figure, you know, it's part of my um, signature. 
So um, there's some composers that they have like a little motif that they manage to work in here and there. Frank Zappa used to do it all the time. He used to quote himself all the time, and and so I figured, you know what? I there's a there's a few um, um, devices that I used in Killer Clown specifically that I can use in this that will will melt with the score, uh, but people in the know might be able. I'll you know it, it's. It's like when you put a little signature or a stamp on something. You know, you look at the bottom mm-hmm. of uh, like a sculpture or something like that, and you see a stamp of the yeah for, for, of the sculpture. So that's what I was. That you'll be able to hear that in that score. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I would be remiss not to ask this because I know that you are originally from New York. I right. myself um, grew up Long Island, New York, for 18 years. Right out, you know, right outside the city there, Suffolk County. What up, six three one? But I don't know how long you lived in New York, how long you grew up there. But I'm curious because you live in LA now. What mm-hmm. is the cultural difference like? Like, I mean, come on, New York. You got Chinese and pizza and all of that good food right, right. there at any hour of the night. Can you can you find that in California, or are you still searching for a bagel place all these years later? Well. Uh, pizza places, they, they, there's a place called DeSano's Pizza where they get the pizza from, um, they get all the ingredients from Naples, Italy, and mm-hmm. even the bricks that they have, the un- ovens, they get from Naples, Italy. The species of oak wood that they use in Naples to make the pizzas, they have, and it's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. I mean, I, I have friends from Italy, from, from Venice, and from... Milan, they go. That's the place to go. I, I really would hesitate to go anywhere else. So yeah, we got good pizza. We okay. got good Chinese. Okay. We got great Korean. We got great mm. Vietnamese. Mm, okay, yeah. We got great Thai. We got all that stuff. Um, culturally, uh, you know, industry-wise, this is the place to be. And um, you know, and but my my cultural um, observation of New York as opposed to um, uh, as opposed to LA, is uh, mixed in with uh, my family that's in Milan, Berlin, and in Switzerland. <clears throat> um, uh, I think uh, the people in the Midwest and back east, they're a little bit down to business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you know mm-hmm. whereas over here, uh, it's common for people to cancel at the last minute. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. Just because yeah. they just do. Um, <laughs> you know, some people can't take the traffic, and it's like if they get halfway to some place, they say, "Listen, can we meet tomorrow? I'm 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 already half hour late. I'm not even halfway there." And it's like we're talking like eight <laughs> miles that takes an hour and a half to go through. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of that that goes on. So often I'm I'm often I'm amazed when I come to meet someone. I mean, I have actually gone to someone in the office and say, hi, I have an appointment with so-and-so. Oh, they're gone for the day. I go, well, what happened? Oh, you didn't get my, my you must have not got, I must have not sent the message that uh, they sent a half an hour before your meeting that I, I need to cancel, you know? Oh, yeah. That yeah. happens here. That doesn't happen like in the Midwest and in New York, gotcha. you know? Gotcha. So, um, however, I'd say 90% of the people that I work with that are really diligent, are really, you know, mainstream industrial media. They they keep to their, you know, they keep to their commitments. 
Awesome. That's great. That, that's that's cool. That's cool. I've always wondered because as a New Yorker, I want to eventually get to L.A., but uh-huh. my, 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 my remembrance of L.A., I was eight when we took the trip out there, so I just uh-huh. kind of remember I got to put my hands in Jim Carrey's hands on the Walk of Fame and how big they oh, were. Oh, wow. That, that, that's a lot of my memory. And Knox Berry's farm where it rained. Oh, I, I used to go to Knox Berry farm all the time when I was a kid. I loved that place. Yeah, I still. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, us becoming best friends right now, John and myself. Uh, I still remember uh, the uh, Jaguar ride mm-hmm. that they had there. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I is it still there? Because that that left an impression on me as a kid. You know, I don't know. I haven't been there in such a long time. <sighs> um, in a very long time. The only the only place I've gone I've gone to recently there is the place where they make the fresh fried chicken. Uh, <laughs> I've been to the park itself. I mean, when I went to the park, they actually had horses that you could ride. Oh, my. Yeah, I don't like, remember real horses. real horses. Real oh. horses and real donkeys. And oh. it did not smell nice. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, no, I, I but still... We still oh. we, but we loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that park was... Uh, it's funny, because I went to Universal there. Love Universal. But Knoxbury, I forgot I went to Universal there. I just remembered Knoxbury's farm. Uh-huh. I was like, that place was so oh, much Oh, and Universal's gone through so many... Changes. They used to have a theater that rivaled the, the that was about maybe half the size of the Hollywood Bowl, um, and they used to put on musicals there, and they had all kinds of concerts. And now that's become, you know, uh, part. They put attractions there instead of concerts. Mm. They do have a concert theater, but I think it's much smaller. They have a concert venue, but it's very very small. I think it's more for comedy clubs and stuff, comedy shows. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, listen, we have kept you for a very long time, but before we let you go, I'm wondering, Harry, did you have a, a final question for uh, John today? Hey, John, how's it going? It's going good, Harry. How you been? I'm good. It's good. It was good to see you. Uh, this is Harry Kledorfer, right? Yep, you got it. Oh, oh, good. It was good to see you when I was in Orlando. You you made my you made you guys made me feel uh, at home. Harry also. Uh, came to visit me at the, the place I was staying, and we hung out for a while. That was a lot of fun. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a, that was a memorable night for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to ask you, like, how did you get involved with the Clown Motel? Oh, you know, that's interesting. The, um, um, the uh, director and producer uh, had done the movie. It was scored already. And they said, you know, we, we have this little trailer that's a teaser trailer for the Clown Hotel. And it was really good. I have not seen the movie yet. But uh, the trailer was really good because they had these really great locations, um, uh, like, uh, around uh, in, in Nevada and Utah. And it was this little girl clown that was exploring these caves. And they, we said, can you just do a little bit of original music for it? And so I did a little bit of original music for their trailer. And that's how... I became involved with it. Yeah, the movie's actually that? really good. I mean, the movie is yeah. I haven't seen it, uh, so it's really good. Is it? Is it it's, the trailers and um, uh, scenes I've seen, teaser scenes. They seem it seems really creepy and weird. Yeah, it's got some like um, different kinds of kills in it that I've never seen, which is kind of interesting. Uh huh. Well, so if you haven't, yeah, you definitely got to check it out. I heard there's going to be a sequel yeah. coming as well. I did see one of their other movies that they did that was based on some kind of, gosh, it was based on some kind of video game, and they did a live-action version of it, and I, it was just like, 
incredible how, how how resourceful they were with their budget and and their production and what have you and it was um that was that was kind of cool but that's how i got to work with clown hotel and one of the one of the producers um that worked on that and created that he's a, a he's actually he has a clown persona where he, he looks kind of like a medieval kind of clown i mean like actually from medieval times like he has awesome. a a particular type of it's very refined um and but he doesn't have problems with killer clowns <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah. awesome well well john i i want to thank you so much uh you have been so gracious with your time today uh you mentioned how you got dinner with your daughter planned and mm-hmm. it's a little after four o'clock out there on the west coast so I, I I mean, unless does anybody else have a question, something that they'd love to ask John before we let him go? I'm good. Thank you very much for coming on our show. You got today, it, man. John. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking to you guys. Yeah, and I can't wait to see when I come over there in October. Oh, yeah, for sure. Know, and we'll we'll hang out. We'll, we'll hang out. We'll we'll talk about all kinds of things, even things that have nothing to do with Killer Clown. I like that. I idea. like that as well. <laughs> uh, it be the biggest the, the biggest uh, thing I'm looking forward to talking about is like. Once you do the Hollywood house and you come here and do our house and see, you know, kind of see what you think oh, about both compare of them. the two? Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I know y'all have a lot of real estate there in Orlando. Um, well, you so could, it's going to be yeah. interesting how they set this one up. Well, yeah, because you got Mike over here that does his thing, and then you got John out there, which does his thing. You know, John Murdy's mm-hmm. obviously amazing as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to be awesome. pretty cool. Well, John, how can uh, how can we follow you? How can people keep in touch with you? Do you? I, I know you mentioned your SoundCloud earlier. Uh, feel mm-hmm. free to plug whatever you want to plug, so that we can give you our sure. money. Sure. Well, I'll plug a couple of things. I won't. I won't go overboard. Um, <laughs> you can obviously follow me on Instagram. On Instagram, it's my name, just John Masari, like it appears everywhere, and my um, obviously there's Facebook and. I'm also, gosh, I'll have to send you the spelling of this. I'm also on the board of a youth orchestra called the Seishura Youth Orchestra out here, and which I'm very proud of. Uh, we provide music education for kids that are in uh, uh, school districts that don't have a music program, and um, we provide not only uh music education but food for them and so that's a lot of fun i don't teach there i'm just on the board but every opportunity i get i always tell people to go visit that uh, facebook page and they also have an instagram page which i can send you the link later on yeah we'd, we'd love that we'd so love that like for awesome sure so, yeah so definitely check out that link we'll share that on our facebook page we'll share that on our personal twitters as well but again, John, thank you so much. You've been so amazing, and this was so much fun. Yeah, it was fun to talk to you guys. The only thing that would have been funner, funner, if I was there in person. Butter. Oh, don't. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Soon, yeah. John. Soon. Oh, very soon. Hopefully, the same room. So okay. I can cry. <laughs> well, cry. we'll we'll see you guys at some point soon. Yeah. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, but and, thank- if, and if you come out to Hollywood, just look me up. Hey. You said it. Sure. So when the cops are called, <laughs> oh, I'm no, going to play this back. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, John, thank you so much again, and uh, have a great evening. 
Okay, guys, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, man, what an awesome freaking episode. John Mazzari <sighs> gave us so much, was so generous. The Freaks of Halloween Horror Nights as well, so generous to spend so much time with us today. Harry Manfredini was on the show. We had two uh, we composers had... in one Jeez, episode. <laughs> I know, of two different classic cult franchises. Like, Yeah, man. Although, I guess we, can we call Killer Clowns a franchise yet? Because it is still really only the one movie. I don't know. All I know is John was winking towards something else. Yeah, Plus, that's true. You know, it's it's in HHN. I feel That's like true. it is a franchise. So yeah. All right. it's, it's franchise. It's two, two franchise composers joining the program because that's how we do. Whoa. Hey. Uh, I would say this is probably the biggest episode we've had so far. I would agree with you that this is one of our biggest episodes by far, if not the biggest. Uh, maybe the Avengers Endgame three hour spectac- spectacular Good review call. we did. Uh, possibly Good call. But this, thank but... you to Freaks of <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights for getting John for no, us to come on the yeah. show. Thank you for coming on the show and giving your thoughts about Halloween Horror Nights 29 and can't wait to have them on again so we can review and get their thoughts on HHN 29 later on this year. Such a good time. Also, big thanks to them because they're giving, uh, hopefully you guys have already commented uh, on the post and give hooking you guys up with some prizes as well, which is pretty damn cool. Yeah, like I, I yeah. gotta say, that's cool. That's pretty damn cool because we really don't say have the money. password. Yeah, <laughs> Shazam! Oh wait, wrong, wrong everything. <laughs> no, you're wrong. It's Fidelio. <laughs> Stay scary, my friends. Thank you for listening to another episode of Haunters Podcast. Don't forget to tell a friend, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services just by searching Haunters Podcast. You can tweet us at HauntersPOD, or you can find us on Facebook by searching Haunters Podcast. Until next time, don't open that door or check under your bed. Make sure your doors are locked and the lights are on. You never know when the next scare will come for you. Ha 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 ha!